Carson says rinse and repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. So, all right. I'm sitting here with two longtime Beaver Menace members, part of it, in, in and out a little bit, maybe. Yeah, you, you, and we'll get into that. We'll get into the in and out. Okay. What happened there? <laughs> you bring uh, burgers? Yeah. <laughs> so let's start. Introduce yourself. We'll start with I'm, you, ma'am. Who are you? I am Carol Richmond. Nice. And I've been with uh, CrossFit Beaver Menace off and on for 11 years. 2009. November so, 2009, we started. 11. No, 2009. Before my brother. Oh, excuse me, 2008. You are correct. I apologize. 2008. So let's go since we'll have you introduce yourself, sir. I'm Lloyd Richmond. I'm married to Carol. Uh, I also, I started uh, CrossFit at CrossFit when it was 5280. Yeah. In the earliest incantation. And um, in November of 2008, about a couple months after Carol did. I saw what saw what it was doing for her, and like, yeah, I gotta have some of that. So it's nice. It's other he did other his people. Homework first. Yeah, other people are the uh, the best kind of pushers of of CrossFit. Yeah, you know, it's it's better than better yeah. than anything else. So let's go back. Um, tell me about yourself. Where are you guys originally from? Um, I am. I grew up on a farm in North Dakota, oh. in Western Grand Forks County, grain farm. Um, I'm the oldest of three. And I uh, went to a small town high school, went to the University of North Dakota from there. That's where Lloyd and I met. City boy. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd, where are you from? Grand Forks, which is city is, you know, 45,000 people. <laughs> 80, with, with, their base, with their base, 55,000 at that time. So. Gotcha. But yeah, city boy. Uh, <laughs> teasing. Yeah. Teasing. That's okay. Come to yeah. Teasing. That's awesome. Graduated, went where the jobs were. So I ended up in, he was in computer science. I was an English journalism major. Um, had our first child. We were 23. Yeah. Um, he was two months early. Our oldest was two months early. He was in the hospital for a month. Oh, wow. In Grand Forks. And during that, that time, that transition time, uh, Lloyd was offered a job with Lockheed out in Northern California. And so the moving truck had come. This was at the beginning of June. The moving truck had come to take our, take everything out there. We didn't have anything, you know, Cars, old college, uh, college kids. I mean, we were college <laughs> kids. We, had, we did have two used cars, right? Yeah. They took the cars. And I ended up in the hospital that night, that night or the next day. And they said, yeah, your water broke. You're not going anywhere for a while. Wow. So the moving truck came, took all your stuff, and then you went into <laughs> labor. That's, and so how long were you there before you could finally make it make it out of the alley? It was the beginning of June. I got out of the hospital at the end of June. I don't know why they let me out. My water had broken. And then back in at the beginning of July, that's when they said, you're here for a while. We're going to keep you here. And Lloyd... Um, delayed his departure to California. I think he stayed through, Jake was born August 9th, he stayed through through that time, and then he went out and started his job. Um, it was in October. And, okay. Yeah. So they was, they were they had all our stuff, and they usually don't yeah. care. They, these companies never store your stuff. Right? Yeah. But I called them up, and they were really good. Lockheed was really good about it, and uh, they they like yeah when you come out to family first uh, take care of your family and start when you can so wow that's awesome they're really good about it it's really that's a it's a good thing for that company yeah. and his family was in Grand Forks so we had a lot of support we were very lucky well wow, that's so, amazing so how many how many kids do you have currently we have two. What, I was like, what did we finish two. at we finished at two <laughs> two boys uh, yeah two boys grown grown adults Jake's thirty three Nick will be thirty in a week. Where are they at these days? Jake's in St. Paul, married um, to Alex. They have a three-year-old, our first grandchild, um, Rowan. She's wonderful, light of our lives. And uh, Nick and Rocio are out in central Washington. He works for Amazon from home. He's a business analyst. Rocio works for Bechtel. And she's out in the field. What does she do again? 
She um, inventory management, I believe. Yeah. So when COVID hit, her job, they, you know, she was sent. They were, they were um, sent home, working from home. But her job, they had to, they had to get her job kind of change it up and figure out what she could do from home because her job was out in the field. Gotcha. So it morphed over time so that um, so that she could work from home productively. And uh, no, I've heard that from a lot did. of people. I was we, yeah. like the, a running joke in the gym, you know, Jordan, yeah. the member Jordan. Yes. You know, we all joke, you know, yeah. Jordan's here, you know, halftime we're all like, Jordan, do you even have a job? <laughs> a lot of people don't realize Jordan's thing is, is Jordan travels for his job yes, and he yes. inspects, you know, he's an insurance inspector, inspects mainly churches and, you know, church yeah. camps and things like that. So he just wasn't traveling. Yeah. So that's the, <laughs> his whole yeah. thing. And now he's starting to work again, but we were all, for the past year, we've been giving him shit because we're just yeah. like, dude, do you even have a job? Like, what are you doing? Like, when do you work? <laughs> so, he's awesome. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's funny. So yeah. that's, Let's move on to, let's talk about your, you know, a little bit about your fitness background. What were you doing pre-CrossFit? So, for I, fitness. Okay, so we got to, we were out in California for a year and a half. My college roommate was here in Denver, and and so that was our connection here. He got a transfer with Lockheed. We came out here. Um, we're lucky enough to be able to buy a house in Castle Rock back when they were affordable. 1989. Um and I was doing step aerobics. I was at the rec center Ooh. doing step aerobics. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was good for me. I lost the baby weight and I was okay, but I went back to the same old eating habits and gained <laughs> it back, right? Which is my what mother happens. was big into that step yeah. aerobics movement at that time. Yep. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I was having fun three times a week. He'd get home from work and I'd go, and then I got my neighbor to go with me. So we would go and do that for a couple of years, and it just didn't stick. I got bored. Yeah. I got bored. Um, my eating didn't... It For a while, it got better, and then I slipped into the bad old habits again. For sure. Gained a, a ton of weight um, over time. There was always something. I was, I, would, I was doing step aerobics. I was biking. Um, Lloyd's a former hockey player, so he had already had a level of fitness, I think, kind of. Um, So-so. But he was a lot more disciplined with his eating, I think. But I was feeding our kids. I mean, I make hamburger helper for dinner, and I look back on that now, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Do you think some of that's just like, you know, there are certain parts of the country that it's just, it's missing, you know, the South, the South for sure, the Midwest for sure, you know, these, these, these pockets of, of, populations that just don't really take the eating thing. Right. I mean, Katie will be the first one to tell you, like, when she was growing up, she was like, never once while I was growing up, there was a even a mention of what's a healthy food and what's not a healthy food. Like, it just, yep. it literally never was brought up until she, you know, she didn't learn about it until she's in college. Like, it yeah. just it was not a thing, you know? Um, and you see that in the Midwest, you see that in the South. It's it's just a big thing. Would you agree that? It's oh, definitely like that? agree. Yeah, and it's a hard. The eating thing's a hard thing to break with people because it's so ingrained in what we do on a day to day basis. Because yeah. it's way more than just substance. It's um, I, you know, it's culture and feelings and memories and you know all of this stuff that's tied around. Eating. So it's. You know, it, it, yeah. it's a ton. It's it, it's a deeper level than a lot of people realize. You know? A lot of the food industry changed, and we were, you know, so we were born in the in the early '60s, and by the '70s, right, that's when pop pop tarts started showing up, <laughs> and all a lot of the sugary cereals, and you know, at, at that time, people didn't know, right, yeah. and a lot of people still don't know, but um, you know, and, and soda changed, and or pop or whatever you call it, and. And um, that's that's where you uh, figure out what part of the country everybody's I from. Call it, I, I call it pop. I don't know why I said soda first, but um, say hot dish. They know immediately where you're from. Yeah, right. but <laughs> it's funny the whole thing. Pop takes a lot to untrain that, or even to make people aware. And it's like, you know, some of this was when I was 
like I learned when I was like 45 or six, actually at my first L1, right? I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the nutrition lecture and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> Why am I this age and only hearing about this for the first time in my life, yeah. right? Why would why or why didn't I learn? Why didn't I learn myself? You know, and I had all these questions and the book list, the reading list that who was the lecturer? I think Amanda was and um, pop she popped off. You know, and I'm scribbling the books down and ordered like two that night yeah. and um, and read one the next week on a work trip and it really did. It, that's when that's when I learned. But same. Yeah, it was it a was, big change. Wow, like, why, that's why don't we why don't we know this sooner? It's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's the, it kind of goes back to the basics of, you know, the, these are the basic tenets of life and why don't we teach kids, kids this, you know, it's a very interesting thing. You know, we, we have these societies and we are, we, you know, argue about what part of, what part of history do we want to teach these kids? What part of this do we want to teach these kids? It's like, why can't we teach them some basic stuff? Like how to move your body, how to eat right, how to pay your taxes, <laughs> how to manage a credit card, <laughs> like these basic tenets of life that we all do and, and, you know, are teaching, you know, not, not to knock, you know, the education system, but it's like at a certain point, it's like, no, why don't you actually teach something that people could use, <laughs> you know, There's some holes in public education for sure. It's uh, I, I would love my dream. My dream would be have, I would love to have like a life skills class that I taught at a high school and just be like, all right, guys, you know, we're going to spend a quarter on this. We're going to talk about taxes, a quarter of this. We're going to talk about credit card usage, quarter of this. We're going to talk about how, how to get a job and keep one. And then a quarter of it, we'll talk about go. nutrition and exercise. And it's like, that's a big, big tenet of life. Like, Write let's just do this. <laughs> So there you go. I don't know. I apologize to both of our boys. You know, like sorry we fed you what we fed. You. <laughs> I, I have had that conversation yeah. with them. Yes, I have. Um, I'm so sorry. Did not. We didn't. We didn't know. I think economics has a lot to do with it too. When for sure. I mean, Midwest, oh, for sure. Because people, yeah, they self, just they're going to go for way. what's fast and easy. Yep. Anybody yep. is. I think it's human nature. Yeah. Fast and easy. For sure. Uh, and, and and it's when we. And you could get into a deeper, deeper dive of that, oh, yeah. you know, of, you know, well, why is it cheaper? You know, and it's like, well, because a lot of the government chose to subsidize things that they probably shouldn't have subsidized because, you know. Because they're making the bread from the wheat that your neighbor <laughs> Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a deep, deep rabbit hole. Yeah, but, you know, is, yeah, you kind of have to ask, well, yeah, why is this cheaper? Is. And I'm being, I'm being uh, sarcastic. <laughs> so. Found yourself in the CrossFit. Let's talk yeah. about let's talk about that. It was an education for me. It was like I got another college degree. Two thousand eight. I went in two thousand eight. Um, sitting to with your coffee first... with these two with two my two best girlfriends at the time, and they're you got to try this. You got to get in. You got to do it. It's like all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it. And the goal was to lose weight, right? So I mean, that's means, what it was. Yeah. It was to lose Why not? weight. It's where it most people find this, their way in. Well. And it just became this wonderful, amazing, the, I, you walk in and I just felt like these are my people. I'm home. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really remember when the light bulb went on. Um, I don't know. I'm not really clear on all of that, but it was like over time, it was like, this is great. It's working. I feel better. I, I, I feel better. I know I'm healthier. I, and it just, I think I had a love affair with CrossFit. That's awesome. And I dived in. So you started in 2008. How long did it take you to come and drink the juice? It was a couple months after. So I started. <laughs> oh, that was quick. I started in, I think, the end it of was November. December, beginning end of December. November, early yeah. December 2008. Yeah. And my brother passed away the next month. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. frankly, CrossFit got me through that, right? Wow. So I, I got really sick. I actually got pneumonia after, after he passed. He was up in North Dakota. He passed away had to go up and take care of his affairs. And in the course of all that and the stress of all that, I got really sick and started to come out of it. And I remember trying to, you know, I wanted to get back in. I had enough of it and I was like, had been sore enough, right, early on. I was yeah. like, I was probably doing too much, but. Um, Everybody normally does. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't eating clean yet, right? And yeah. anymore, you know, the soreness, what I've found is that that comes from not eating clean. Right? For sure, it has a huge, huge component. huge component to it. And and so that that it, once I started CrossFit up and everyone because I had pneumonia, um, uh, 
trainers were very careful, like, you know, not letting me do too much. And I, you know, wanted to do more. I can do that. And, and <laughs> that, that might, which you well know, I mean, we all know as coaches that we've all seen that I can do that. And it's, it's you might be able to, but should you, right? I, I, I'd say we, so we just started with a new intern and, you know, I, I pulled her aside and I said, Hey, listen, this is the thing that you need to understand. A large part of this is safety monitor because people will try to kill themselves if yeah. you allow. Like, you know, they, they talk about how CrossFit is dangerous. It's like, no, people are dangerous. Right. <laughs> like, they literally will try to kill themselves. Exactly. And I was like, and the second aspect of it is nobody's listening to what you're saying. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, if you can wrap your head around those two things right now, it's going to make, it's going to make your life as a CrossFit coach a lot easier. Can you change the music for me? Right? Yeah. I was like, you know, out of, you know, if you say in a class, if you say a thousand words, they probably only heard about 350 of those. So I was you like, got your deep thinkers in the classes though. You, you do. Yeah. Be, it's, it, you know, that's a very general your, statement. You got your deep thinkers in the it in. But yeah, yeah, for the most part, they're trying to get their <laughs> logistics set up. You know, it's like we say, we're, we're only looking for 1% improvement a day. And so if I could just ah. keep keep people in the door, you know, keep them yeah. moving, make sure they don't kill each yeah. <laughs> themselves, we'll live the fight another day. Those are things that, that was something that did wake me up in the middle of the night when we were in Bemidji. It was like, nobody better get hurt. Nobody it's, better get know, hurt. I, I, and that I, was the whole thing with I me. take it, yeah. Not, we we it was no we in CrossFit we reasonable. try to mitigate the risk best we can. Oh, yeah. Um, and you do think- do things like that by trying to control people's weight, trying to control. But to be to be honest, as as a coach, as a head coach, as a now a business owner and an owner of affiliate gym, I take that shit exceedingly personal. Um, with the fact I that I care, too. like I never want to see that. Just do things happen. Yeah, it's a physical activity, you know. But it's just, if anything, it doesn't even how big or small. I lose sleep over that kind of stuff. Same, um, I did. I did too, and Lloyd you know, did too, and it was. So. I mean, that's when the you know shit gets real, as they say. Yeah. Like okay, well, this is why we have insurance, and I went with the CrossFit insurance because it just seemed like the way to go. And yeah, it was expensive, but I, I felt better about that as a as a coach and as a rent payer, as an owner. Just those are the things you start to think about. And yeah, I mean, and I, it's this, it's like I I lose I sleep over it just because I care. <laughs> it's it's about the people. It's you about know? the it's people. Like the, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you carry insurance for you know protect stuff, but it's like we. You know, that's why we as coaches and we as business owners, that's why we're constantly, hey, you know, hey, maybe slack off a little bit. Hey, take a little bit of weight off because we're, you know, I was trying to say, trust the person with the non-elevated heart rate. <laughs> you really need to do that full hero, hero workout. Your face is red. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you. So it's kind of one of the things. So started in, started in CrossFit, started in 2008. So now, now you're new in CrossFit. So that's sorry. You guys decided, obviously, at some point to go do your L1. When was that? So, I, I, I decided to go. So, I, the, so in my first year, I went from, I lost a, a lot of weight. I, so, I started about that spring of 2009. I, I kind of found this paleo thing or primal. And I, I was reading books and I'm like, I'm changing stuff, right? Which so in I 2008, lost, 2009, that's what all I, the crossfitters were doing. We're, lost 50 pounds. And it's uh, amazing. I went from about 230 down to about 180. And didn't like 180, and ended up putting on a little bit more weight. But kind of that kind of got me thinking about it. And a couple of buddies at work, um, I'd gotten them into CrossFit, and uh, the guys I sat with, and um, and so they were doing it. And we kept we were talking about it all the time. And it's like, hey, we should go do our L1, right? So decided I was going to go do my L1 in 2010. Told Carol about it, and Carol's like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna beat you to it. So she, <laughs> she I, I I had it all lined up, you know. I'm going in March, blah blah blah. And she's like, I found an opening like in two weeks in January, and and she went in January and got her. She, yeah, I think she was racing me, but little so bit, little bit, little bit, little bit of competition. So who really was sure it? So you're talking about the, those are the early infancies of your L1. Yeah. So who was who was there? Was Greg still doing it? No, no, no. We had just that had 
recently he had recently done the last one at Colorado State Patrol. Yep. So it was right it was right on the heels of that. Gotcha. I had Pat Sherwood, Miranda, um Alvarez. Yeah. No, 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 not Alvarez. I'm sorry, Miranda. Can't remember her last name. Miranda. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I said Amanda. That's her Miranda. It was Miranda. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. Pat Sherwood. Um the Chans. Yeah. Uh, Man Cherie. And uh oh you know. <laughs> Uh, lives in Utah. Uh, chance friend. Chris Spieler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it was just it was just amazing. It was so fun. Were they was, still doing like seventeen hundred workouts? Uh, or have they at this point three or four? They, three or you four. Mean, yeah. During okay. the, yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize when they're five. And that five. was and that yeah. was the distraction. That was what I mean. I enjoyed the lectures, all of that, but it's like. Shh. I was, yeah. I was so smart going into Sunday. It was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I remember I've heard, that. I've heard that from a lot of people. Just, you were lit up. You were Ad- so. Adrian Bosman so tells a story about he did his, I think he said it was three days. And they did like five workouts a day. It was like, I couldn't move. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, I got back and it's like, I couldn't move at all. Yeah. So that's funny. I was listening to uh, yeah. our friend Jason Ackerman. He has a podcast, and he was interviewing Dave Castro, and he was talking about the early days when it was Dave and Nicole, and you know, Greg. Every single morning would sit there and completely change the the protocol and how they were supposed to do it. And he would give a lecture, and then sometimes he would combine like three lectures in one, and you know, so very very different than the super regimented, super put together, you know. L1s and L2s that Katie and Becky do these days. You yeah. Know, it was very. It was know. a version of that. I mean, yeah. in my. I mean, I was in the. I was in the beginning of it. So anything was. Anything was. I, I, you know, you don't. I didn't have. My life experience was a lot different. So I was drinking everything in. Yeah. And it was. It was. Uh, it was relatively organized, I thought. And, and as Lloyd said earlier, the nutrition lecture was. That was eye-opening. That was blows I mean, your mind. Blows yeah. your mind yeah. when you understand, and it's not like you hadn't heard some of this before. You know, I mean, we know a little bit about diabetes, just what we know through the news and life experience and personal pe- friends that we might know that have struggled with it or whatever it might be. But when you when you get into the how it works in your body and yeah. what it does, yeah, I'm not even clear. I don't even know if I had had knowledge of two different types of diabetes when I went to that first lecture. I don't know if I'd made that connection. I was fortunate enough to, right before I started CrossFit, like a month or two before I'd had a, uh, there's a cholesterol, a version of the cholesterol test that's more detailed. It's called the VAP test. Yep. It measures the size of the particles. And I was on the wrong, completely on the wrong end of that scale, right? Yeah. I had all small particles across all three cholesterols and basically I was a heart disease waiting to happen. Yeah. Right? And I had another one a year later after having lost weight and changing nutrition and I'd completely gone to the other end of the scale. And my sister, who's an MD, had had talked to a cardiologist about this. And the first question is, or the first thing was, well, what drugs is he on? None. He's on, well, he's on this thing called CrossFit and and nutrition, right? And and in the power of all that, and then hearing it, hearing more details in L1, because at that point I just kind of stumbled into it. And I, yeah. know, I didn't really know what I was doing, right? And, and hearing it at the L1, it was like, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Protein Plus was the first book that, you know, it's like, here, read this book called Protein Plus. And I read it. And I'm like, oh, wow, it explains it in more detail than what they gave us at the L1. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, started shipping that off to all our friends and stuff, or all my friends, and trying to anyway. The ones that would consume it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing when your family won't consume yeah. it. That that's tough. Yeah. That's yeah. um the the family thing is hard. You know we have um, I, me and Katie we 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 struggle with trying to get our family to 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 take a little healthier healthier steps. I think a lot of trainers and fitness fitness people they actually really struggle with the people that are closest to them. Just what to, is that? You know, it's, I don't know what it is. Uh, here, Here's the thing. As long as we've been doing this and, and, you know, trainers and fitness professionals, the longer they spend in time, um, they realize, they realize it's just, it's not, ever, not everybody's going to change. 
Like not everybody's going to change. And the thing that I think frustrates trainers the most is um, when you do give all your energy and all your effort into building these very, very small steps for people that they can take and completely change their life. Um, but they just won't even take, they won't, they won't take it. They won't take the smallest of baby of steps to move on onto that, or they'll take the first one and then they, they, they hop off the, the thing and it, and it can be, you know, we take it, we take it personally. Um, hard not to. but it's hard not to, but at a certain point it's like, you can't get, you can't make everybody care because some people just, they just don't care. Lead you know, horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's yeah. so hard when I will say my, my parents were very supportive when I started the gym and my mom has always had this wonderful garden and she loves to say, and it's organic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's organic. So she was, I mean, she was the nutrition side of it. She was really interested and she would ask questions and stuff like that. But I think, I think a person just has to be ready. Yeah, they, they have just to. They have ready. to they want have it. They have to want it, and they yeah. have to make the decision. And Lloyd and I were talking about this the other night, when people would say, "Oh my God, I just have, you know, Coach Carol and Coach Lloyd, and whoa, they and there's, you know, they hung the moon." It's like, you know what? You did the work. We're just the messenger. We're, we're just, just the messenger, and yeah. we're just, yeah, you just you did the work though. So I think a person just has to be ready. Yeah. And I, I, used to, I quit. I used to take it personally, right? And yeah. I'm like, here, I'm telling you all this good stuff and why are you listening? And I liken it to like, so I'm a software developer, right? Yeah. And I liken it to, and I've used these words with the other developers. It's so fun to kind of do this. And like one buddy I kind of work or work have worked with and he's drinking Coke and stuff all day, right? All sugar stuff. And I'm like, you know, I know you take your coding seriously and you never put a bug into your code, but why are you putting all these bugs into your body, right? Yeah. And you see the light go on. Yeah. And then it's like, damn it, Lloyd. <laughs> and and the, those are Damon's words. Usually. Dave, yeah. So Damon says that to me all the time. But that was cold. Damn it, Lloyd. Um, that was that's funny. But, yeah. um, you know, and then it's like, yeah, you, but it didn't, doesn't stick, right? And yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to do what I want. And that's fine. It's, so going from taking it personally to like, okay, well, at least I'm going to have some fun with it. <laughs> So, I mean, that leads us, yeah, that leads us into, let's talk, you know, so you've been doing, you've been doing CrossFit, did your L1s, you open up a gym, you know, what, what, what drove that, what year was that, when did you decide to do this crazy thing that a lot of us do, Crazy. and I'll still say, I'm, you know, I'll still say it's crazy. (laughs) I think I got got the bug in 2012, and I think that was about the time CrossFit Tundra opened in Grand Forks. And we were home at Christmas time, and I'm reading in the paper at the time, um, there was a CrossFit coming to to Grand Forks, and I (laughs) leaped up off the sofa, and I ran, and I'm I'm like, oh, we gotta go. We gotta go into town. We're going into Grand Forks. Lloyd, we're gonna go meet this guy. And um, so we went went in, and... uh, Fortunate enough to make friends with Chad Spratlin, the owner of CrossFit Tundra, and we'd banter back and forth. We'd go home, holidays, family get-togethers, whatever. And um, a couple of years go by, and it wasn't even a year. It was 2013. You're correct. Yeah, we're at the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So Lake Country's big up there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bemidji's a couple hours west of, I'm sorry, east of Grand Forks, and. Uh, we had family ties there. His brother had a house there and kept it in the family after he passed away. And um, so I'd have a place to live. We'd have a place to live. And we'd banter back and forth with Chad back to that, back to that piece of it. And somebody's got to open a CrossFit in Bemidji. I think it'll really go. You know, it might be seasonal, a lot of seasonal traffic, spring, summer, fall, whatever. We got, someone's got to do it, you know. And finally Chad said one conversation after a workout was, well, if you guys don't do it, I'm going <laughs> to. So that was, that's what kind of lit the fire under my, myself, um, to, and I think, you know, we were on the same page, our kids were out of the house, um, we we're both mobile, we both could kind of handle it, and, and so signed a lease at the end of October 2013, and I moved up there for six months, and got a space, a space opened up, and we worked with it. it was a commercial lease the first lease the first three years 
was a commercial retail. lease. Yeah, retail. They're all both were commercial. Right? Uh, retail through Krause Anderson through Minneapolis St. Paul, and that you know learned some lessons there. Um, the hard way. The hard way that uh, is expensive. A lot of people. Own. That's that's the yeah. thing that a lot of people do some quick math of, of yeah. CrossFit gyms and they think they're like, yeah. oh, you know, at a hundred and fifty dollars, you know, they've got a hundred members. Oh man, they must be crushing it. Right. And then they they don't yeah, take no. into effect because most people don't realize how expensive commercial real estate can be. Right? You know, when you're paying five, eight, ten thousand dollars a month for <laughs> yeah. a facility. Sometimes twenty. It was between three and four grand a month for well, me for yeah. us. And it started like, out smaller because we had a escalating rate, right? The first year was and it wasn't that much. I mean you look at rates here because we yeah, I know. we, we yeah. knew what the rates were kind of in Denver at that time. And you know, it wasn't twenty seven dollars a square foot. It was, you know, I think 15, for the first 12, year no, the first year I think we paid um, like six dollars a square foot. And and you know, three thousand square feet plus common costs and all that junk. It was whatever twenty six hundred a month, and uh, it was between three and three. It went to that the last year, but it, it escalated from you know oh, whatever yeah. it was the first okay. year six, and then eight, and then I think it was nine or ten the last the last yeah, year. Yeah, most we're, we're in that a lot of, a lot of them continue to go up. Yeah, you know. we had yeah so um, and it was from you know and I think back to what we did. It was like it was we did it, you know. And it's still it's still operating. So started from the ground up. Um, so brought, so you start you started this thing. Did you have any members when you first started? Was there anybody that was doing it, or you just open up day one and three? So you had three when you first we had started. Three when, when we first when started. We opened. Gotcha. Um, so our first workout was January tenth, twenty fourteen, and it was Ogar. It was the fundraiser for Kevin Ogar because yeah. he had just gotten injured. Yeah. Katie just worked with Kevin this past weekend, actually. Awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, so we had help from, Chad was our go-to. He was our go-to, the owner of CrossFit Tundra and Ground Forks. Um, and he, he brought people down and we, we ran. We had maybe three or four or five people from Bemidji that came in and did it. Um, and I just, you know, I just, it was like a, what do you call that? Just an open offering. Um, if you, it's not a church, but <laughs> just an open, you know, if you would be willing to give some money for this. And I, I blew it up on Facebook. Um, and this is what's happened and all of that. And that was kind of the catalyst that got, got the gym going, got the communication going. Now, in the midst of this, I got to tell you, it was... So it was a cold winter. This was a cold winter in Bemidji. It was the coldest winter in 17 years that they'd had. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. um, and so we were kind of working around that. And both of us growing up in Grand Forks, I mean, I thought, oh, this will be okay. I'll, I'll acclimate um, fine. But it was, it was cold. Yeah. Um, cold without the wind. And, so at least that was good. And so traveling is an issue when it's that cold yeah. for people. They don't like to go out. Yeah. So... It grew slowly. I think by May we had, by May of 2014, we had 10 to 14 members. That's yeah. fair, right? Our first client, so I've got a story. So the first client, I'm in there on a, I don't even know, it was a Saturday or Sunday. And, and I think we had a sign on the door or on the window or something. We didn't have a sign yet. but we. So I'm in there laying mats, actually. And I had, I kept like a couple pieces of equipment out kind of available. So if people came in, I could show them something real For quick. For sure, yeah. So I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my work boots and or shoes and I'm in jeans and I'm laying mats and I see two faces pop up in the window and like it actually had their face on the window, right? <laughs> run to the door and I open it and I'm like, hey, hey, come here, come on in because it's cold out, right? And and they ended up helping me lay mats. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we ended up getting some food and we sat there and we ate and then they ended up, Kendra, right? George she, and Kendra. George and Kendra were They ended first. up marrying later. Yeah. They, they were boyfriend up, and girlfriend at the college. They ended up being our first two clients. <laughs> yeah. and or athletes, right? And yeah. and they ended up helping me out that day, and it was like really, it was really cool. And and you know, I, when I they came in, and he was like a college football. He was a um, he'd gotten injured playing college football, but he was a really good athlete, right? They're yeah. both really. She was a track athlete, and they're both really good athletes. And so, I had what my equipment I had was I had a you know a plyo box, and I had a stone. I actually yeah. had two stones, and so I like to drop the stones because they have a dramatic effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> I pick the stone up, drop it, and boom, and 
and uh, make the thunder sound right and um, uh, you know and eyes go big and it's like so and then I'm, but explaining all the other yeah. things that we that we do and the yeah. you know the, the the endless amount of different movements that we, that we had and and they bit right away it was it was really cool and so we went in with those with those with those two clients on like before we even opened we yeah. had to be friends with them and yeah. they were still in communication with them they're they're great and That's awesome. the whole dropping the stone thing there's a little background there so next door is an older couple that runs a pizza joint um old school pizza joint where they yeah and uh he would come over periodically because it was too loud um and one day it was summertime, like a, a year later, and we'd grown some, we had some trainers finally. We'd grown in population, and and Dennis was there. Dennis was a trainer. He was the Army recruiter in town at the time, and uh, great guy, smart aleck. And um, so he came up, the gentleman came over and said, can you guys just keep it down a little bit? It sounds like thunder over here. And so... You know, I said, yep, we sure can. Sorry about that. Um, and so he, he went back, and, and Dennis looks at me, and he said, did he say sounds like thunder? <laughs> I said, yes, he did. He said, let's put that on a shirt. I said, okay. <laughs> so we made a bunch of shirts and sweatshirts so and nice. pants that said, sounds like thunder. <laughs> sounds like thunder. I still chuckle every time I put those on. That's so. funny. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that it, it's you know, first of all when CrossFit first got started, they, it was they got they started in global gyms, they got kicked out of all the global gyms, yeah. and had to find their space, and um, it's exceedingly hard for certain CrossFit gyms all over the world to find yeah. commercial real estate spaces that they can operate because right. they their neighbors don't get along with them very well. You know, right. they're running in and out of the building, dropping barbells, this and it's. It's hard, um, especially overseas. You get into Europe and stuff like that. I mean, it's really hard for them to to find spaces that we, work. We wrote it into the lease, so we said, you know, we went in with a well. You know, we're kind of loud, and is that going to work? And it was a raw space. They they stripped it down to the studs, and they and it's like so that shared wall. You're yeah. going to do something to to insulate it, right? Yeah. And soundproof it. It needs to be soundproofed. Yeah. And they didn't, and and so we kind of went back to that numerous times and. Kind of well, we asked for that, and you said you were going to do it, and, yeah, and you didn't. And so Linda, the property manager for Carl Anderson, would run interference with us, and she would, she did her, you know, she tried. So, anyway, it, it we was, we dealt with a noise problem for yeah, and we we really tried to be good neighbors, and fortunately our hours were usually offset enough that it it really didn't matter. But yeah. But we dealt with the noise thing for, and so the second space that we had was we <laughs> noise sure. is not a problem. Noise, yeah. is, noise is not a problem. Old, um, I want to say Quonset. It's not a Quonset. It was, it was a, an industrial park metal building, but yeah. it's just so, standalone building. It was perfect. Yeah, that's, no shared walls. Yeah, no that's, shared walls. That's the way to go. In a field, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're in you're in this. So you're now in your second location. So how big's the gym? You know. How 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 big did we did we get it? I don't remember exactly. Um, Between sixty and seventy members yeah, when like we sold in twenty eighteen. Seventy or we we fle- we kind of seventy to I think at a point we might have had ninety, but so we kind of fluctuated between in that in that kind of range. Gotcha. We had a generous number of drop ins in the summer. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot. There's a language camp. There's an international language camp in Bemidji. People come from all over the world. We had a couple Norwegian students that came in one year, and they were there for the summer. And, um, I, I, you know, I, what, 40, 50 maybe, drop-ins? Uh, we, had, in we the, had a lot of drop-ins. A lot of drop-ins. Every, every weekend, the, there'd be, you know, it was late country, so people yeah. were always going up there and, you know, the CrossFit thing, right? Everyone's looking for, I need to go do a workout, and, um, and I don't need special programming, or I do need special programming, and you need to accommodate me, and, yeah. you know, th- those kinds of things. So we, we, we did our best to, you know, kind of make it so people had a place to go and buy a t-shirt and, and you know, enjoy a different, hopefully, CrossFit experience with yeah. maybe some different coaching and um, and some different things that they picked up from, from us. Um, the So the population of Bemidji is between, what, 14 and 13, 15? 13, 14,000. Yeah. So when I, when you look at the numbers like that, um, 
I thought percentage-wise, we were self-sustaining when I sold. Yeah. And I would have months where, you know, i pay myself, but it wasn't consistent. Um, we're paying our trainers, though, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's most CrossFit gyms, and COVID exposes even more, most CrossFit gyms lose money or barely break even. Uh Like, so everybody looks out, they see all these CrossFit gyms, they think they're all crushing it, but the vast majority, the owners have never taken a paycheck out of the place. Um, That's... And COVID really exposed that, you know, um, and it, it, you're seeing it more. I mean, Eric, Eric Rosa in an interview with CNN said they've seen a 25% drop in CrossFit gyms worldwide, and they expect it to be one-third. Really? So they're just... Smashed I've been seeing several come up on Facebook in Colorado that people are, you know, closing down. Yeah, it's, it's going to continue to happen. It's, it's you know... Um, but... Anyway, so how long did you own it before you sold it? Almost five years, four and a half. No, yeah. Yeah, it's really five years from the time we signed the lease to about the time we sold. It's just about five years. But our first workout to the time we sold was about four and a half. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. the way that all happened was um, there was a couple that would come in in our early morning class, uh, Lynn and Matt Boyer. And Matt approached me after a workout one morning and said, hey, if you guys... If you guys ever think um, you might want to sell, um, let us know. Lynn had just gotten a nutrition certification and, and she wanted a location to work out of. And Lloyd was getting a little tired from the traveling and wasn't wasn't ready to retire. And I was homesick for Colorado. Yeah. Um, I commuted I was, for five years. God, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what drove it. That's and it's still and, and I, it's still going. Myself. It's still going to the state, correct? Yep. It's yep. still it's still going to the, the state. original people that she sold it to, or yep. is it? Yeah. That's they're, amazing. They're, they're building a new space. They're building a new space. I don't know if they got how they're. Yeah. They're, but they're building. He a new had space. a machine. He has a machine. So they're both the Minji natives. Yeah. Um, and he's got a machining. Matt's got a machining business. An established machining business. Um, parents of three boys, grown. So they're like. I'm they, 10 years younger. And they've grown it. They've had it. I think they've been, I don't know. I don't, don't know the details. I haven't been there. <laughs> we weren't there last summer because of the COVID thing. And um, so it's been almost a year and almost two years since I've been in, been back there. I yeah. Think the last time I was there was for Murph. Yeah. So they're doing a, They're doing something for Murph at the end of the summer. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you were going to say it, so, you know, we've got a few minutes left. So let's. Let's take, well, I'll ask you, you know, really two, two final questions. First question is about the gym itself. What did you guys learn? What were some big takeaways that you learned? So you owned a CrossFit gym for five years. What are some big takeaways that you took from that? Um, the sustaining, the first sustaining thing across the board from the time I got into CrossFit to now is that CrossFit works. It works. It works for people. Um, the second thing I would say is I don't regret one. I have no regrets. Um, there's awesome. no regrets on, yeah, it was hard work. Yeah. It was really hard work. Um, I mean, I, we, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'll let you speak and you say your own thing, but in my opinion, I ate, I drank, I breathed CrossFit for that whole time, and it didn't let me down. And it didn't, I, we made lifelong friends, we changed some lives, we helped, I, we helped change some lives. I mean, like I said, people make their own decisions, people are gonna, it's on, it's them. They did the work. And I think, and it was worth every, Every minute of it. It's awesome. A lot, a lot of gym owners say that. Uh, people don't realize, you know, they, they see gym owners they coach in a few classes, they doing that, and they don't, they don't see all the back end stuff. You know, yeah. it's most most CrossFit gym owners are working, you know, 60, 80, yep. 100 hour weeks. Yep. Um, 
you wake and up, you, you're thinking about most it. Most members only about. see that, you know, they only see one of those hours, you know. They, sure. You know, they work, most CrossFit gym owners work really long, yeah. really hard hours. You're talking about 12, 14-hour days. It's a labor you're of love. You're doing that six, six, sometimes seven days a week. and. Most of them have never paid themselves. Right. <laughs> I can, I certainly identify that, right. that as well. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what, what about you? What did you learn? So, it, it, I, it reinforced things I already knew. I didn't know how much work there was really going to be, right? I, and I, I kind of knew, but I didn't really think about it, right? Like how much cleaning we we're going to end up doing, or I was going to be doing, or. It, it was just a lot of little things that kind of, were, there were a lot of behind the scenes as you're talking about yeah. things that it's like, oh, wow, I never had, I thought about it, but you don't, it, reality is different. Right? You don't, you don't know until you know. It's like, you know, my, my brother and sister-in-law and my old owner that I used to work for, you know, when they talk about this and they tried to warn us, right. you know, they tried, people try to warn you and, and, and at the time you don't believe them. Right. Like, and, 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 you know, and even some stuff, you know, I'll joke with my old, you know, boss, Justin, you know, he's like, you know, I can only tell you so much. Right. He was like, cause you wouldn't have believed me. You get to work out whenever you want all the time. Right. Yeah. That's what people think. We're just here working out all day long. And, and it's like, well, in reality I have, okay, between classes, I've planned out a five minute wad. And I'm gonna blow myself up on the bike and and do something with push-ups and the bike and uh, uh, <laughs> and blow myself up in five minutes and then I'll hopefully be recovered enough for the second class to be able to you know coach right yeah and it, it, I was always in that kind of mode and that that was that was kind of maybe not the greatest part of it but the people that we met and I feel yeah. like you know I, we saw in every I think every this. I've seen this over my whole CrossFit career, right? Which is people's lives change and that seeing that change happen in people and it's not just the physical changes, but it's the mental changes, right? The mental toughness that people develop and seeing people's confidence grow. Um, some folks that, um, I'm not gonna call it any names, but you know, definitely saw um, people grow mentally tough to be able to do things they couldn't do before outside of life or outside of, outside of the gym I, I did I did I did too I, I did too that but. was the main the thing I grew the most was in mental toughness right. and it's not so much hey I lost 50 pounds that's that's great too yeah. right and that's not that that's a good thing but the mental things that it, even in you know in, in my 40s and 50s I'm taking to um, applying to everyday things that have made me tougher and you know some tough things that I've gone through in life recently and I think the mental toughness that I've developed in CrossFit mental toughness being like oh I've got 10 more burpees to do right yeah and I'll do them god I hate these burpees right the, the thing those things all add up and they, they really change people and seeing that change and bringing it to a place that didn't have it before and you know experiencing it again firsthand but you know from an owner perspective and from Kind of the you know uh, from that with with that in mind it, that that's the thing I take away the most and I'll I'll probably I'll always have it with me and I've, I'm I'm proud of it I think we're proud yeah. of it and but at the same time um, you know and in introducing it to other people and seeing things carry on I think that's, that's awesome that's what we have to carry out of it and it's the people yeah. at yeah. the end of the day it's the people so it makes it worth it yeah all, all our you know all good friends are crossfit friends for sure it's uh you know it, it, it's amazing to see it's i love i love the mental mental testament toughness aspect you know a lot of david goggins has a very good thing where he talks about you know modern day society makes us very comfortable you know for for the most oh, yeah. part most most of us are are comfortable most of our lives most of our days we're in a, a comfortable setting and so we have to go out and search for uncomfortable moments and you need to put you you need to voluntarily put yourself in an uncomfortable position because eventually at some point in your life you're going to be put in an uncomfortable position that you didn't choose and you didn't volunteer and if you if you've never experienced that and you don't know what it likes you don't know what it feels like to be uncomfortable well then that experience is going to be terrible but if you've if you've voluntarily put yourself into an uncomfortable situation well it's going to make that whatever happens to you because it will happen to everybody it will make that right. easier no you know because you're like hey i can 
yeah, I can I can do this. I've 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 done hardship. You know, right. it's it's important. It's the mindset shift yeah. is gonna be a lot faster and a lot easier. For sure. So we'll wrap up with a question that I like to ask everybody. Alright. What are three things that each one of you guys do on a weekly basis that affects your health, wellness, mental health, all, all that. What stuff that you do every week that that makes you a better better human? Number one, I eat a clean breakfast almost every morning. Love it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend that I eat clean every day all day long because I don't. But I make sure I eat a clean breakfast every morning. Number two, I walk every day uh, with my dog, unless it's a blizzard and then we play in the house. <laughs> um, number three. Few things I do during the day that make me a better person. I wish I could say I do a CrossFit Y every day and that makes me a better person. I ex okay. It's every week. I, you do at least one a week. Oh gosh, yeah. So there you go. Um, you do. I say I'm a news hound. I I'm I keep up with the news. I kind of try to know what's going on in the world. Well. And I try to always make sure I connect with a friend or a loved one and tell them I love them. That's awesome. I do. How I, about you, sir? So I, I eat pretty. I try to eat very clean, and I've been doing that Almost for a long time. I, I, he I, does. Really, I'm, I, I've He's learned very disciplined. to. I've learned to like avoid the. It's my one of my weaknesses, M and M's, all over at work, and <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at, at being able to, you know, just to not do things like that. So I'm trying really hard. Um, and I'm going to continue with that. Um, working out, I don't work out as much anymore. In, in the last uh, year, I've had some, I have had a major health issue. So that's limited. And I had major surgery last summer, so I'm still recovering from that. So I, 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 I'm limited there, but I, I am trying now just getting back to being able to like do some stuff. So um, getting in at least two workouts a week, and that's a challenge for me to recover from that. Um, and then I try, the other thing I do daily is I try to play a game. I'm either playing something mental, and it's relaxing and challenging and just something that isn't work, something that isn't TV, something that isn't, you know, just just a place to challenge my brain a little bit. So he bought almost, an Xbox and now he plays with the boys almost yeah, every night. Yeah. So there's a good, you bonding yeah. with our kids. Yeah, we're actually... Yeah, play online a little bit, but that's that how way. I'm talking about. I'm talking oh, about yeah. things I like uh, puzzles or some um, sort of some so something to gotcha. change my brain from out of work mode and um, or or other other distractions. Well, that's awesome. Well, awesome guys, thank you so much for talking with me. It's thank it's you. been it's been good to hear a little bit more about your story and where you came from and kind of that process. Um, well, awesome. So we'll thank end you. it there. Thanks, guys.